Welcome to the Reach Out Podcast, a show where we explore how researchers at Arbo University and elsewhere use digital technologies to disseminate their knowledge, as well as connect with different audiences. This podcast is supported by generous funding from the Digitalization Strategy at Arbo University Denmark and produced at Arbo University Business School. If you want to connect, follow us on Twitter at ReachOut, that's ReachOut with A-A-U-T in the end. And now let's jump straight into the interview. Hello and welcome everybody to the Reach Out podcast, the podcast where we explore modern, novel, cool ways of uh, digital and non-digital knowledge dissemination in research. I am uh, Daniel Hein, Associate Professor in Data Science Innovation Economics at Auburn University Business School. And my guest today, it's a very honor, is Mats Lenholm. I guess I will just give you the opportunity to introduce yourself on your own. Well, thank you, uh, Daniel. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be a part of the podcast. I think it's very exciting to, to be a part of it and a very um, important issue to, to address. Uh, so my name is Mass Lindholm and I'm a, a, an industrial psychologist. Um, and after my... Uh, My education, I, I followed on a PhD program, which was an industrial PhD. Uh, and that means that it is co-founded uh, the university and a, a local company. So it's been a very important part of my research from the very beginning to, uh, to communicate what I was doing and, and to make it part of a commercial world, uh, not just the academic world. And, and that's why this topic about uh, dissemination and, and communication of my research has been a very important part of my work uh, since the first day I started as a, as, a, as a researcher. That sounds super exciting. And I see you obviously spot on here in the podcast, industrial uh, psychology. I know very little about it, but it uh, sounds directly very exciting. And I guess for you, there are a couple of interesting venues uh, and different audience you can sp uh, speak to with your research. But before going into that, why don't we get started with, you already gave us a bit of a hint, but a bit of uh, a bit more in detail, so without going in depth in the research, but to give the, re uh, give the listeners an idea, what are you uh, doing at the moment? And a bit more of the past, how did you end up there? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I started, uh... Actually, I started reading economics many, many years ago. And what I found was, was particularly interesting was the interaction between the, the company and the people in the company. So I was interested in the organization and how it works. I was interested in leadership and I was interested in, in the human resource part of the company. So I, I've come to the conclusion that, that it was better for me to shift to psychology and uh, studied what we could call normal psychology uh, for three years and uh, then uh, moved on uh, to um, what we normally would call uh, industrial psychology or business psychology, another word for it, um, with focus on organization and uh, leadership, um, uh, the way people are motivated, the way people behave in organizations. So in these days, I work a lot with um, motivation and uh, stress management and Uh, how uh, people are involved in, in uh, all this corona lockdown and, and the issues uh, from that. Uh, but in fact, my research took uh, place in, in a, a, a little field of psychology that was called architectural psychology. Uh, 
Uh, at that time, I was interested in how we could use the physical space of the organization as a part of the strategic development. So my idea was that we could use the physical part of the organization when we are going to make some changes and some strategic ideas. Uh, so I, I did some, some uh, research on, um, on office and uh, office uh, spaces um, open offices and uh, cell offices and try to compare which was the best for which organizations. Um, so it was very important in my research to, to um, reach on the one side the academic world and, and to try to, uh, to, to make it um, important and try to make it uh, reachable for the academic world. But on the other side, it was important for me to communicate to the user in the offices and the, um, the companies. So, uh, so what I did was at, a, at, at the very start of my PhD program, um, I, I, I made a blog on the internet. It was quite new at that time, it's many years ago. Um, so I made a blog where I tried to, uh, to describe what I was doing in a language which was uh, more accessible than the, the academic world and the, the academic language uh, sometimes. Um, as an industrial PhD, you have this obligation to, uh, to be a part of, of the community as well. So I was going to communicate and, and to make some dissemination about uh, what I was doing. So it was a natural part of my research in the very beginning. Makes a lot of sense. And particularly in the industrial PhD, I see a bit, I wouldn't call it a pressure, but definitely the incentive to um, communicate to a large audience and to multiple different groups of stakeholders. However, obviously most of us more or less on the academic or industrial side of the spectrum would obviously like to do the same and not only keep their research within the academic realm. And you mentioned as a first step, which obviously many have in mind, yeah, start writing a blog, but at least out of my own experience, I also figured out it's, even though it sounds trivial and the steps to set up a blog technically are not that hard to maintain a good uh, blog, which actually gets uh, traction is not trivial. So when I first started with my, with my blog, I had a hard time actually thinking about what shall I talk about and what shall I talk and how do I use the language, which is interesting for people which are not within my narrowly defined field. So how did you approach that? Well, I think my approach was very naive. <laughs> In fact, uh, I just start to uh, write a blog a little the same way if you are, are making a personal diary. So it was uh, a kind of a description what I was doing, what I was interested in, what I thought. Uh, in the beginning, just a few followers were, were reading the blog, but, but it get interested for, for more people uh, because it was also a, a quite of um, you know a description of my of my journey in, in this field so it became interested not just for for other um, uh, users of the offices and, and companies but also for other researchers because I think there was some kind of, of mirroring in my journey um, other researchers was were able to uh, to see um, some of the same processes and, and same questions and same difficulties that I tried to, uh, to, to write about. So, so actually in the beginning, I think my purpose with the blog was just writing for myself. And, and I, I think the idea was that if I myself find it interesting, maybe some other people also would do that. And um, 
I think that's very important because if, if you feel what you're writing is important and you write it with some kind of passion, well, all, almost all uh, topics is interesting because people are inspired from, from other people that do their work with passion and, and with, um, yeah, uh, the, the, the sense that it matters. And would that also be the advice uh, from you to the listeners to don't worry too much about, because I see for many there's an inherent barrier actually in setting up this blog and worrying about like, oh, will that be interesting? Will that be good enough? What should be my key message? And not in the beginning bother too much about this question, but just start on writing independent of what might be your audience interaction and whatsoever to so do it more as a self-exercise in diary style as you said to get started yeah well i think that's a, that's a very good advice um try to uh, try to to think what 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 you find interesting because you don't know who is reading the blog so it's very hard to to, to form the text for the reader because you don't know who the reader are. So I think it's very important to, uh, to write it in a way that, that, that you find interesting and that motivates you um, and write it in a way where, where you gain some knowledge and, and ideas from, from writing this blog and from this network that, that, that you create in that way. And I think another thing that is very important when you're doing some, some writing about research Uh, is that, that you easily have the tendency to, to focus on um, do I know uh, enough to, to do this writing? Am I good enough to do this writing? Uh, other people could do this better than me and, and so on. Um, but I think it's, it's important to do it in your own way and, and to, um, well, to be as honest as possible in, in that sense because I, I've strongly believe that if you are presenting something that is honest and that is with passion, well, it is interesting to other people as well. And I guess I would agree on that. The, the two questions arise, staying with a blog. So the first one is, which I hear many people worried about, or not worried about, but wondering about, let's call it like that, A, how to get an initial audience. So who is going to read my blog and What shall I do to get people reading my blog? That's the first thing. And then the second issue many people have is, do I get myself to continuously produce content on that? Because often we have a good idea and we're very motivated and we have our first blog entry and it's very nice and then suddenly it stops. But as we all know, on a blog, usually you maintain an audience when you have a somewhat frequent, at least like kind of a once per week, once per month or something like that content production, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I, I think that's the problem that, that all who's producing a blog or, or some other kind of content uh, faces, the, the problem that it's very exciting for some time and then probably uh, at, at one moment you have some other uh, tasks and, and you, 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 don't, you don't get it uh, written. Uh, I, I think it's important to, to be realistic about how often you're going to write. And uh, probably it's, it could be important as well not to um, be open about how often you're going to write. I mean, if you are, if you are, are, are telling your audience, I will write a new post every day or every week or every month, um, it, it easily became just one of the tasks that, oh, I'm, on, I'm going to do this again. Uh, 
but but I mean that's fine if if sometimes you could do a, one a day and sometimes maybe that'll be a, a month or two when you don't are, are writing that's that's okay as well um, the, the question how do I get some readers for my blog I, I think it's important to start with the network that that you already have so so post your 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 posts on Facebook or on LinkedIn or uh, send an email to people you uh, think might might be interested in this and my experience is that that people the readers will will see it as a gift an opportunity to get some new knowledge and to to know a little about what you're doing and then maybe one of these people are your um, your future employee or your future colleagues so i mean you 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 should see it as a gift you bring them uh, an opportunity to to get to know you a little better and to get to know your topic a little better. And that's a very good point. And it's actually a good segue in another uh, question that often arises. So even though we all know it's a good idea, it is time consuming. It Yeah, it takes time and effort. And the question arising is, okay, what do I get out of it? And we all have some broad idea. Yeah, more people will be interested in. But do you feel any more tangible benefits on that? So given that you spend all the effort in maintaining your blog, what do you think for yourself are getting out of it? Well, well, uh, in the beginning, I, I wasn't thinking very, very much about it. I, I, I just did it because it felt important to, to do something. And uh, as I said, as an industrial PhD, I have the, this obligation to communicate my research. So, so in that way, it, it was an important part of, of, of my PhD project. Um, I think some of the important aspects in, in, in what I, I gained from my blog was uh, more network, um, research opportunities. Uh, some of the people that I work with today, uh, I, I get to learn from, from these things. So I, I think an important part is to um, to to uh, to widen up your network, um, and and that's the you could call it the, the egoistic approach. And I mean the the more altruistic approach might be that as a researcher, I, I think actually we have some kind of obligation to to give a little back to the society what we are doing. I mean, all of us who is doing some kind of research. Uh, are doing something that is very important for the society that we are a part of. And if we want the society and the, pol the politicians to, to keep financing research, then we have an, 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 a very important task in communicate what we are doing and to make it relevant, not just for the academic world, but for the society in, in, in a more broader sense. So in, in that way, I, I, I think that, that communicate research is very important uh, also for the future of research. And I would completely agree. And the altruistic approach obviously is something that should motivate all of us. But in addition, to, as, as you framed it nicely, egoistic approach. So you really feel, felt people reaching out to you. Hey, I read this blog entry, very interesting. I have this and that thought on that. Would you like to connect? Maybe I have a research idea coming up of that. So that that's something that happened to you? Yeah, yeah, often. Uh, and I mean, sometimes it's, it's just a friend who's writing saying, well, that's that's interesting. And and other times it, it, it could be uh, uh, some kind of, of, uh, of new contact saying, well, that sounds interesting. Could you, uh, could you give a lecture on that and, and so on? And I mean, 
when, when you're doing research, especially when you're doing a PhD, it, it can be a very lonely process. So it's very motivated mm. that you have the, the sense that, that people are reading what you are, uh, what you're writing and, and uh, well, that they are saying, well, that sounds interesting and, and I would like to, to know a little more about that. Um, so I, I think you, you in, in that way, get a lot in return of, of what you're giving. Very, very nice. Um, just like a little technical uh, note, so or a little technical question. So what interface did you use for setting up uh, to your blog? Is it a WordPress or because that's something that often in the beginning confuses people as well, where which medium should I put my blog on and what is the best? I think that's often a barrier already to get started to spend too much thought on, okay, what are the technicalities behind it? Uh, my, my primary goal when I started was it is going to be easy because if it's not as easy, mm. I'll never do it. <laughs> so, so I used uh, WordPress, which is quite easy. And I mean, I, I started using it many years ago and, and it's, it's much easier today than it was at, at, at that time. Um, so I, I, I bought a, a, an internet domain and uh, install WordPress. And I mean, that's a process that took maybe an hour or two. Uh, and I, I choose the, uh, a theme for my blog that was very simple, uh, very intuitive. Um, and again, it, it was not so much focused on the people who was going to read it, but it was very focused on, on the fact that I knew if it wasn't simple, if it wasn't intuitive, uh, I wouldn't use it. Uh, so, so I mean, again, it, it's it's important to to have a look at yourself and, and to see what motivates me in 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 making this and 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 and, and let it be easy enough uh, to to do it. Great. Um... Next thing I wanted to, uh, to talk a bit about, so now we covered the blog and obviously just a little side note in a show note, we will link up to your blog. So for all the listeners interested in it, will they have an opportunity to check it out? So besides the uh, blog, and I think the blog is one of the uh, important parts of a, let's call it communication portfolio. I don't want to throw in too much jargon and terminology, but we all know we have to be present in multiple different cha channels, media outlets, whatsoever. So what else do you uh, do to get your research out to the public in academia, but also industry, society, policy? Mm. I, I should probably uh, uh, just say that, that my blog from that time doesn't exist anymore, but, but you're welcome to link to my, to my website and, and the pages that I do today. Um, I, th I think what you're asking is a very important question because at, at, at the time when I started, a blog was the medium. Uh, and today it's much broader. I mean, you are doing a podcast, you could do a video, uh, all kinds of media, and, and you can use all the time to produce content. And I think nowadays I, I'm, I'm running a, a company uh, and and it's very important to, to communicate and to be active on, on a lot of different channels, but it takes a lot of time and a lot mm -hmm. of efforts. So I, I would like to have a podcast. I don't have the time to make it. I would like to, to, to do some more videos. I don't have the time. So, so what I do nowadays is that I still write. Um, I uh, have written some, uh, some books, uh, some large, some small, 
in, in these days, I'm, I'm just finishing a, a book about the, the time after the pandemics um, and the question, uh, how do we, do we get a better society on, on the other side of, of, the, of the pandemic? So I'm writing a lot and, and I try to, to um, do some books and, and do some articles. And um, as a researcher, you, you sometimes uh, will be uh, contacted by a local newspaper or the media. And uh, I always often say, um, I would like to, to participate in an interview because I mean, on the one side you have the think you have an obligation to do that and on the other side it's it's an important part of uh, of telling your story and and in that way to 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 get network and and to get um, well uh, customers in, in in my cases for for my for my company so i i write a lot and uh, and i have a list of a lot of things that i would do but i haven't found the time i mean how i like to frame it is always you, we always have time for everything. We only have a priority list, and at one point you have to. We have to make the cutoff, and we all know that this knowledge dissemination is so important. And to use as many media channels as possible, the better it is. But at one point we face time constraints, and yeah, it's true. I mean, I would also like to do way more, so that we have a project on research dissemination best practices, and it already shows that we're interested in that. But still, I'm doing by far not all I, I would like to do. We also had a podcast, which is at the moment a bit on hold. We have our blog, which is not well maintained at the moment. My, since it's a busy uh, period, my whole Twitter and whatever presence is also somewhat limited. So how do you decide, given that most of the time we can't do it all on our own, if we don't have our own personal media agents, which channels to use for, getting out which knowledge because I think like I'm managing this portfolio in a realistic way and being aware we don't have time for everything is also important. Well, I, I, I think uh, what, what you just said about being realistic is, is very important. Um, I have this phrase that I try to, uh, to use on myself and that I sometimes use on, uh, with, with clients as well. Uh, these words, you know, good enough. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do, but you have to, to focus on what you're doing and think, well, that's good enough. Uh, I could do a lot of things, but, but I'm doing these articles, I'm writing these books, I'm, I'm writing this uh, blog right now, and, and it's good enough right now. So, so I mean, it's, it's very important to focus on the things that you're doing and not just get overwhelmed by all the things that you could do. And especially not getting overwhelmed about all the things that you don't do, because that's a lot of stuff that you could do. But I think it's very important to, to focus on what you're doing and uh, to, to um, well, let, let it be as easy as possible. So if you are a good writer, write something. If you are a good talker, do a podcast. If you are good with a camera, uh, do some videos. I mean, do what's, what, what, what comes natural to you. And this is a great advice. I would say usually my, one of my final questions would be, what would be your advice to the listeners how to get started? But I guess that we covered with this statement already very well. So... I guess we're already reaching the end of this episode slowly. Time always flies when you're having fun. So do you have any final advices for besides what we already said, get started with what you're good at, 
which I think is the best advice uh, one could already get. Anything in addition you want to give the listeners on the way? Well, I, as I just said already, I, I think it's important. It, it's going to uh, to be easy and it's going to be fun. So, uh, so, so see it as a way of, of presenting yourself. See it as a way of, of, of giving a gift uh, to, to people that, that is going to, uh, to get some, uh, some knowledge and some inspiration from your research. So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be easy. And, and it will be perceived as a gift. That's a wonderful uh, closing statement. So, Matt, thank you very much for your participation, all you listeners, of the, or in fact, I don't know how many you are, but I hope you're plentiful listeners of this podcast. See you all next time. Stay tuned and goodbye. Goodbye.